So you might feel cheated. I mean, if you're an introvert, my gosh, why didn't he make me an extrovert and I could go into show business or something? No, but there's pluses and minuses for every temperament. That's the thing. Every temperament has its own strengths and weaknesses. And so once you discover that, you can kind of like learn to shore up the weaknesses by going out and acquiring those skills. Welcome to Dig Life Deep with John Aiden Byrne. This show is going to be a bit of fun with, well, a serious intention, and that is to get to the heart of our own personalities, our temperaments. Hot on the heels of the popular temperament quiz she helped create. It's up there on temperamentquiz.com. My guest on this episode, Lorraine Bennett, has come out with a new fun and enlightening game to help you identify, understand, and appreciate your own temperament. That last part, appreciate, is very, very important. Whether you are an introvert or an extrovert or just downright pleasant, comfortable in your own skin, a joy to behold, this game will help you get along with your own personality fit. This game is called Know Thyself, the Game of Temperaments. Lorraine Bennett is a prolific writer who lives in Northern Virginia, married for 45 years and has four adult children and six grandchildren will get to our quiz and new game and Lorraine Bennett's far-reaching take on temperament is coming up in a wee moment in my interview with her exactly but anybody can play it um it's just it's a wholesome game it's kind of like a wholesome cards against humanity we keep digging for the secrets and stories of uncommon and everyday things and interesting people I hope you're all well. Lorraine Bennett, who helped create the popular temperamentquiz.com, will discuss with me the new game she is out with, Know Thyself from Sophia Institute Press, and we will dig deep into what temperament and personality really is and what is really important to know about yourself for a healthy lifestyle. We have lots to talk about in the midst of volatile times. I have called it our existential crisis broadly, from the shocking sadness of Ukraine to shortages of baby formula in America. How about that? I know we've seen the outrage on the streets highlighted and magnified by the media, but where is the same mass media focus on this, the lack of baby formula, as we've seen with the protests that erupted after the Supreme Court leak on the pro-abortion Roe v. Wade. Amazing. We hope to come back to that in a future episode. Just suffice to say, Roe v. Wade, from the beginning, uh, was bad law. Any legal scholar will tell you that on the left and right, Democrat and Republican, if you ask them, they will admit that. Once Roe v. Wade is repealed, as we expect, decisions on abortion then go back to the states throughout America, even to Congress, 
which can pick it up and discuss, debate, pass new laws. After all, we're living in a democracy built on the principles of subsidiarity and state rights, not concentrated and oppressive power games out of DC. Of course, the big one is the full restoration of a wonderful pro-life culture in America. We'll come back to that at some future episode. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. Listeners, I want to tell you about a really popular new podcast, the top-rated Odeon Capital Conversations. It's up there on Apple, Google, and on all the best platforms. Odeon Capital Conversations is with Dick Beauvais and Matt Van Alstein of Odeon Capital Group, and hosted by yours truly. The latest episode takes a closer look past, present and future of the American banking giant Citigroup, its big and sometimes horrible missteps, and why it has junked some business lines as Citigroup rebuilds Odeon Capital Conversations, also looks at our inflation monster that's in our latest episode, you won't want to miss it. Now, before we get to my interview with Lorraine Bennett of TemperamentQuiz.com fame, and now out with Know Thyself, the game of temperaments. It's time for our next installment of our weekly segment, Future Shock 2.0, with workforce trends expert Ira Wolf. Ira Wolf, your forecast for the rest of this year and into next year for Future Shock 2.0. Yeah, John, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. Uh, we are going to continue more of the same. It's going to be deja vu all over again. Uh, I think we talked about this in a prior show, and we're going to be continuing to talk about this in every future show, probably for the next 10 years. Uh, there's going to continue to be labor shortages. We may have a blip, uh, although the economists are still predicting that unemployment still may go down to uh, below 3%. Uh, that's going to be uh, due to a combination of a number of things. Uh, there's going to still be people that have not come back into the workforce due to the pandemic. Uh, for instance, a lot of women, uh, many people called the last recession, the she session, got to say that fast, she session, a lot of women left uh, they're not coming back into the workforce, at least in a traditional role, as they did because they can't get childcare. Uh, women are primary caregivers. There's not enough childcare. They can't. Uh, they they can't come back into the work. So we're going to continue for the rest of the year, uh, seeing a, an unemployment rate that at least holds relatively steady, but it's it's low now. It's three point six percent. It's going to be below full employment. There's going to be certain jobs, certain industries that are going to be at extremely high risk. Uh, the trades, construction, uh, there's still not enough homes. Uh, we've got this big bill that's going to be introduced into the economy that's going to continue to boost and support uh, infrastructure, healthcare, construction, production, education, many, many industries and many jobs in those industries are just going to continue uh, to have a high demand uh, and we're going to see higher wages uh, going up because people are going to have more and more opportunity. Thank you, Ira Wolf, for that segment and all of you who emailed and called us saying how much you are learning from Ira each week. 
Ira is an author, workforce trends expert, and a top five future of work global thought leader. And he'll be back next week. I must say, Lorraine Bennett has a lot of energy, and you will find out in a moment why. I really enjoyed our interview. She's full of life and energy. She helped create the popular temperamentquiz.com and now out with a fun new game, Know Thyself, the game of temperaments. She'll explain what it's all about. Lorraine is also here to talk about personality and temperament. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. Lorraine, welcome to my show. I'm really excited talking to you. It's a very interesting subject, temperament. And you are the creator of this fascinating and very popular quiz. Um, It's up there on a website and it's getting a lot of traffic. We'll talk about that in a moment. Explain to me, we all have our own notions of temperament. We can go up on the dictionary and we'll get a, a formal definition of temperament. But I want you to explain that to me. What's the difference, say, between temperament, personality, and all of those other character traits? Sure, sure. Well, thank you so much, John, for having me on your show. I really, uh, this is this is awesome. Um, but first of all, yeah, temperament, uh, it's actually great to define our terms. So that's an excellent question. So when we're talking about temperament, we're not talking about the whole of our personality. So our whole personality can be composed of many factors and they kind of interrelate, you know. Um, so let's say our whole personality includes our culture, you know, maybe where we were born, our family of origin, our education, choices that we've made, all these things will impact our total personality, but also our temperament is part of it. So uh, we kind of think of it like a big umbrella and underneath the umbrella, there's these, all these factors that um, interact with each other and come up with our total personality. But our temperament is that part of our personality that really is what we're born with. So it's kind of like a little bit like the way you're hardwired and it's a tendency to react in certain ways. So it doesn't, we like to say it just is a tendency to react. It's not like putting you in a box or sealing your fate, like you're doomed to always be this way or react this way. No. It's just the kind of the building blocks of our total personality. So even little babies will have a little mini personalities, you know, they will have tendencies to respond in certain ways. So um, classically, like temperament would be um, include things like sociability, persistence, reactivity, and these kinds of things. Uh, Various people will put in other things, you know, in there. But, um, and we talk about it in our books. So my husband and I co-authored these books, but we talk about it using the classic ancient Greek terms. And that's not necessarily anything that anybody has to follow. There is such a thing as temperament. Psychologists study temperament, do research studies, yada, yada. They wouldn't necessarily call them by the names that we do in our books because we're kind of going back to the ancient Greeks, <laughs> you know. Because you, you have four temperament traits. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a moment, but I still want to pick you up on that because okay. when I think of temperament, uh, I've seen so many variations mm-hmm. in, in the human person. 
Um, and I've seen so many people change in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm confusing temperament with something else. And I also think of various world leaders and people who have, I've read their biographies, and I'm thinking here of Gandhi, for example. And it, it struck me that when he was a very young man, he was shy, mm -hmm. introverted, quite odd and eccentric. Yes. And nobody would have marked him out back then to be a great world leader and peacemaker. So am I thinking about something else here? No, no, this is exactly right. Um, and I, there are so many examples exactly like what you've said. Um, and saints, for example, you know, I can think of many saints like uh, St. Teresa of Avila, for example, she was like very uh, impulsive, very sociable, very outgoing. She eventually became this great saint. But the, and the same with Gandhi, it's that they started with a temperament and their basic temperament, we don't think you actually change your temperament exactly, but you will grow and modify your total personality because you're um, acquiring skills and virtues because you don't want to always respond in the way that you might might feel more com most comfortable with. So to give an example, um, I tend to be a little bit um, on the impulsive and argumentative side, okay? So by nature. So when I go to work though, I can't be that way. I actually was that way. I mean, <laughs> I would get in arguments with my boss. And um, it, it you, just, don't, you don't strike me as the argumentative type, Lorraine. <laughs> that's the thing. I, um, I had to really overcome that. Mm. I was, I, I, I had to like say, look, I have this like kind of knee jerk reaction mm. to argue with people. And this is not going to go well. This is, I am not going to have a good career if I continue to be this way. <laughs> so yeah. I actually had to like, you know, learn some skills and like, okay, you know that this lady rub, rubs you the wrong way, but you're going to be like, take a deep breath. You know? <laughs> take a deep breath. And, yeah. And, um, you know, really, it, it was it was actually kind of a struggle. So um, anyway, that's what we think is. So as an example, like the or the very introverted person. So uh, my husband is very um, introverted, likes very shy, He actually is not very out, outgoing or, or aggressive at all. You know, mm -hmm. but then he became the uh, <laughs> the president and CEO of Catholic Charities. And he had you know, like he he had he found himself facing multiple conflicts like all day long. He had to grow in the ability to kind of take these on and be assertive and you know what I mean. So, but he could sense that it was it, it was a challenge for him. He knew that he had to grow in that way. You know. So, does that make sense? Like, it, it makes sense. It's interesting. So, your temperament stays the same but it evolves and it changes it matures perhaps and it adjusts to its environment is that what you're telling me here so in other words if you're born as an introvert yeah you will always be an introvert but you may adapt to your surroundings and to for all intents and purposes a person might confuse you for an extrovert at some point it is possible yeah so yeah one example i like to give is um i have a, a good friend who admits that she's very introverted. She just loves to just stay home and read. She doesn't like to have large parties. Um, however, she was raised in in um, in a family where it, there was a huge emphasis on hospitality and being um, 
and being very gracious and being a hostess. So she was trained to do those things. And so she, you would first meet her, you would say, oh my gosh, she's so, she seems very outgoing and so hospitable. She's wonderful. She's so warm and welcoming, but for her, it was a struggle. So yes, her temperament was, is the same, but she's grown in these other, her, her total self, let's say her character, her character has become this well-rounded, uh, virtuous, you know, uh, wonderful person that you would, and not that introverts are not that way, but they, it was a struggle for her. Yeah. So, so you go back to the ancient Greeks to come up with your um, four temperament boxes, if you will. Um, are they based on any kind of science as well? Or why did you do that? Oh, well, just we kind of wanted to go back to the ancient Greeks. But um, what's kind of interesting is, um, well, two things. One is that we are we are writing from a Catholic perspective. So there was this long history and uh, in the Catholic tradition of many saints and popes and theologians and um, just many writers in that tradition who were using these same the, the terminology, the ancient Greek. And we just thought that that would be kind of, it's not necessary, but it was, we thought it would be a interesting and um, historical and also fun kind of a handle for, for yeah. this. And with our, you know, with the game that we developed, it is kind of fun just to find out which one of these you are. But another aspect of it, which is, I think, kind of intriguing is that you know it was it goes back to Hippocrates who thought that there were uh, that there were four types of personalities based on the predominant bodily fluid. So it's kind of you know yeah that's something we would that about you know like the the choleric was the you know yellow bile from the liver or whatever yeah. you know and yeah. you're kind of like yeah. yuck. But okay. interestingly, interestingly enough, today. There are many scientists who say that your personality depends on some dominant hormone in your brain or in your body, you know, which is kind of the same thing. Yeah. More sophisticated. They talk about dopamine and serotonin yeah. and testosterone, right? It's kind of it's kind of like going back to Hippocrates. <laughs> How does that match up with the conventional definitions and uh, boxes? As well, far as temperament and personality go, are are they aligned or are yours slightly different? Yeah, well, I don't think that um, that contemporary psychologists like if you if you want to like read some research papers, you know, and uh, on contemporary psychologists that have done research on temperament, you're not going to find anybody putting anybody in any boxes. You know, they're not going to say this is the choleric, this is the sanguine, blah blah blah. They but they will describe characteristics of temperament. So, and in fact, the characteristics are kind of what we use to, you know, develop the game because we have descriptive terms. And then those kind of characteristics are what, uh, you know, a contemporary psychologist might um, discuss. For example, they might say, oh, that person's anxious. You know, we would put that person in the box, if you want to say, although we're trying not to put people in boxes, yeah. <laughs> but we would put it in the, under the melancholic um, category. And really we, we, I just want to say, we are not trying to put people in boxes because we're saying that your total personality, your character, the, the full person of who you are 
involves both nature and nurture. So, you know, it's both biology and it's your experience. So when you look at those four categories yeah. that mm -hmm. you have in your, your fun game that yeah. you created, um, a person might come back, step back and say, wow, I'm introverted. Gosh, I'd rather be an extrovert. Or somebody could be in the perfectionist box and they could say, God, I, I really have a problem here. Are we supposed to look at it that way? No, <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, actually in the, the way we, we uh, play the game is that you, you're playing with, let's say your friends and your family yeah. um, and everybody gets, you know, a, some cards, you know, it's, it's kind of like apples to apples, you know, yeah. and then there's a judge and somebody will say, well, who is John? And yeah. um, let's say it's you. Um, and here's my cards. Let's say I have, you know, I'm a friend or a family member, you know, I have these, these options. Well, I'll pick this one um, and let's say, and put that in the center. So it's kind of, I think that describes you, but the thing that's kind of fun about it is you will find out what your friends and family think. Yeah. You okay. see as well as, and you, you might say, what? I didn't think you, th you thought I was that you thought I was, you know, likely to fall on my sword, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, you'll say, no, I didn't think that, but it just prov promotes like conversation and laughter oh. and, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's, that's kind of fun because the quiz is fascinating as well. When you go up on the website, you can take the quiz, but then yeah. you can play the game any night of the week over holidays, Christmas, family yeah. gatherings, take it to your local fraternity. Yeah. And gosh, everybody might say you're an extrovert and you might realize, no, you're not. You guys probably don't know me as well as I thought you did. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. My guest is Lorraine Bennett, who's out with the new family-friendly game, Know Thyself, the game of temperaments. You love it, and it comes on the heels of temperamentquiz.com, which she helped create. I'm your host, John Aiden Byrne. You spent quite a bit of time creating this and coming up with the ideas and then it was adopted by a company and they put it out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can tell us the website to go to and all that. And I will, you know, put it up on the show notes. And so everybody who wanted, wants to go there will be able to find us. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did you, where did you begin and end? It's, it seems to me that this was quite a Herculean task. Well, my husband and I wrote like three books on temperament. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you know, quite a thing. Yeah. The temperament God gave you, the temperament God gave your kids, the temperament God gave your spouse. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, yeah. So we've yeah. kind of like really gone in depth into it. So it wasn't too hard to come up with the quiz. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it was, uh, it's just, the, the quiz is just like supposed to be just help you grow in self knowledge. It's not necessarily, 
um, you know, the be all end all of everything. Yeah. You know, nobody, we don't want you to think, you know, oh my goodness, this is what I'm I've condemned been. here to be an introvert <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just more, it, and in what we found, so my husband, he's the, uh, he's a uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. So he found that understanding temperament is really, really helpful in our relationships. So, for example, we tend to think, and I think this is just the, the way we are, human beings, um, we tend to think that the way I respond is the way everybody else ought to respond. You know, I just think yeah. I'm the best, you know, <laughs> it's like it's our self-centered focus. But, yeah, so, right. you know, so I think not only do I think that the way I respond is how everybody should respond, but I also think I judge the other person then. And I say, well, what's wrong with you? Is there, is there something wrong with you? Or are you <laughs> mad at me? Are you mad at me? <laughs> is that why you're responding that way? And so in our marriage, so we were exact opposites, our temperaments, entirely opposite. So initially I would be, you know, I would be saying something like, well, what do you want to do tonight? Do you want to go out? Um, let's, let's go out. Oh, I know. Let's do it. Let's have a picnic. Let's do that. Or, well, wait, how about a movie? Wait, why are you not answering me? You know, and then and he was sitting there just trying to think. You know, what does she say? What is she babbling about? You know, and, and I was going through all these things, and then I'm thinking, what's wrong with him? Is he mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> that that seems to me like the whole nature of human society, um, and that comes up a lot as you get older. You start to realize certain things you didn't as a child. Wow, you're maybe at a, a sports event game, or you're at church, or you're in a social setting, or you're on your family, and you've this, uh, you you express something to somebody, and their reaction is not what you expected, and you're yeah. saying, "Is that person something odd here?" Because your reaction would be different. You might be doing cartwheels. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so when we kind of understand what is it the way that somebody is reacting is really out of their, their temperament, which is kind of the way they are, you know, and um, they, then you become a little bit more understanding and forgiving of the other person. Is the game that you created um, meant for certain demographics, certain groups, because you mentioned your Catholic background and you've written a number of uh, wonderful Catholic books. Mm -hmm. Is it a Christian game or can anybody play it? Oh, anybody can play it. Um, can I show it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is what it looks like. I love the artwork. Oh, thank you. The game no, of time, know thyself. Yeah, know thyself. Oh, I have a long ways to go. Yeah, and going back to, you My know, wife, though, tells me plenty about myself, so maybe you okay. learned that way. That, that's a good way to learn, yeah. Exactly, but anybody can play it. Um, it's just, it's a wholesome game. It's kind of like... A wholesome cards against humanity or <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. educational apples to apples it's sort of yeah. like that. we were given temperaments and personalities by the man above yeah that's what we think we think it's a uh, god's gift to kickstart our personalities so you might feel cheated i yeah. mean if you're an introvert my gosh why didn't he make me an extrovert and i could go into show business or something <laughs> no but there's pluses and minuses for every temperament that's the thing Every temperament has its own strengths and weaknesses. And so um, once you discover that, you can kind of like learn to shore up the weaknesses by going out and acquiring those skills. And there's disadvantages to being a, an incredible extrovert, too, because you tend to be the extroverts tend to be, you know, constant activity. You know, they're very 
out there, go, 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 lots of people, lots of social things happening. But, you know, you need to have that time to to be alone and to grow in, you know, your spiritual life or read a, a good book, you know, things like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Pluses and minuses to both extrovert, introvert, etc. Yeah. Uh, Lorraine, tell us the four, maybe you oh. could just describe the four to us. So, um, so there's the ones that we talk about in the books are, and in the game, <laughs> the choleric or choleric, the phlegmatic, the sanguine, and the melancholic. So um, if you, if you want me to, I'll just give you well, a, just a brief description of each real brief. Yeah. So the choleric is your classic type A person. You know, they're very, they're your classic leader. They like to take charge. They can be um, very, they're very goal oriented, very decisive, tenacious, driven to follow through. They can be argumentative. Um, they don't, they don't mind, you know, uh, conflict, conflict. They don't mind conflict at all they yeah. they relish it yeah. um the, would, would that be donald trump's uh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. type <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah and we it, it, it he fits perfectly in fact one of the cards that we have in the game is donald trump <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. um, <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean you know it's it's Why just, everybody knows what but, you know he's super confident decisive, best wall ever built you know yeah. etc yeah. anyway and then the exact opposite temperament is the phlegmatic. So the phlegmatic is that very easygoing. The reactions are very slow, not intense, very, very peaceful people. Very, um, you know, everybody loves the phlegmatic, you know, because they, they're just so likable. They get along with people. They're, um, they don't like to stir up the pot. You know, they yeah. just fit in, blend in. They're the team players. Very diplomatic. Very diplomatic. Um, so then there's the sanguine. Sanguine is your most extroverted temperament of all. Um, they are your classic people person. Very sociable, very outgoing, uh, very generous, warm, lots of activities. But they tend to be, so the reactions are very intense and quick but they're short-lived reactions. So they tend to be forgetful. You know, they sign up for many things and then they forget to attend the meetings or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the last temperament is the exact opposite of the sanguine and that's the melancholic. So the melancholic is the very, uh, has very intense reactions, but not at, at initially. So they are like very slow to respond, but once they respond, it's very, intense, like vehemently inside because they're the most introverted. So they have internal, you know, very strong reactions, which they may not tell you. They may brood about it for, you know, five years or yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we, we like to say that they're the most idealistic, the most noble uh, temperament. They love truth, beauty, goodness, and they they, it's said that they um, they so long for heaven that everything on earth falls short. So they're very idealistic, very perfectionistic, very um, attention to detail. Uh, these things really matter. Quality, not quantity. Um, you know, they're. It's great to have on a team one of each. You know, some people who have all these strengths. You know, um, so like you want your. Uh, book editor to be a melancholic because he's going to really carefully go line by line, make sure that, you know, that you said everything properly and, you know, you got all those footnotes in, et cetera. Um, you don't want your 
your contractor to be uh, a sanguine because he's going to say, hey, it looks like this would fit, you know. And then also a nice bill um, from your contractor with that kind of a personality. Oh, yes, <laughs> exactly. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering also, you know, just taking one of those uh, personality temperament tra traits, the perfectionist, um, uh -huh. the, the the idealist, if you will, the artist, the book editor, whatever. Yeah. I mean, some of that could be a curse if they're too perfectionistic. Why would somebody want to choose that? They may have no choice in the matter, of course. You said you're born with it by God, but how do they deal with it if it's yeah. overwhelming? Right. Well, I think that they, um, once they recognize, that's the advantage of actually knowing what your temperament is. Because if you don't know, you're likely, more likely to just keep on reacting kind of in a knee-jerk reaction kind mm. of way. You know, so, you know, if you're that, you know, really attention to detail, very anxious, very, you know, and when you get to work, you know, everybody's like, oh, no, here she comes again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one who's going to bring us all down in the dumps, you know. And <laughs> so she, you know, it, it's it's helpful then to recognize that temperament, and then you can say, you know, okay, I've already said this thing ten times. You know, I said I was worried about it. Maybe it's time to stop. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll stop, you know, uh, making that point because everybody's starting to roll their eyes. <laughs> so where does self confidence fit into this? The reason I ask is somebody could be an introvert and be great self-confidence, very um, self-assured, they're comfortable in their own skin, and they don't mind being in a big room and mingling it, but they may not say much. On the other hand, if they lack that self-confidence um, and they're an introvert, it's not a good mixture. It would be a challenge then. Yeah, you'd yeah. have to try to grow in self-confidence, become more. And in fact, just reading, reading the books, reading about temperament, it gives you tips like on how to like, well, okay, let's say you are that introverted, anxious person lacking self-confidence, perhaps. Well, there's things you could do. Um, you know, maybe you could go join um, Toastmasters, you know, and, yeah. and learn, learn a little public speaking or develop certain skills that will shore up the areas that are weaknesses and then you're then you become confident because you've grown in these skills. If you're born as an introvert, that doesn't necessarily mean you have no self-confidence, oh, correct? Right. Okay. Just yeah, to yeah. make that very clear. Right. Exactly. In fact, if if I could uh, mention introversion and extroversion um, is usually oftentimes like if we talk about the Myers Briggs, you know, they talk about introversion, extroversion. Um, the way you identify it is more, where do you get your energy from? So it's like the introvert can go to a party and be perfectly sociable and perfectly eloquent and they can give a talk and it's wonderful, but they come home and they're exhausted and they need time to, you know, okay, now I need to read a book and be, have some quiet time. Okay. So it's, it's not that they are lacking confidence or they're in, in, unable to do these things but they need to kind of refuel that, you know, refill up the tank. Um, whereas the extrovert, you know, they go to the first party and they're having a great time. They're, they don't even know anybody there. And by the end of the party, they, they know everybody and they go, no. okay, let's, let's go to the next party. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. no energy depletion. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the difference. 
Yeah, that's just amazing. Yeah, again, I bring. I think of Donald Trump. All these rallies he goes to, he gets re-energized. Yeah. My gosh, he can't. He can't go to enough rallies. Quite, <laughs> a, quite a, amazing, really. Um, an interesting study to be sure. But there, are, you just brought that up here. There are other tests out there that were you would be familiar with and some out there may be familiar with right can you just maybe walk us through some of the popular ones just off the top of my head myers-briggs is is you know a standard it's been tested numerous times it's just it's used very often in uh business settings so yeah. my husband is because he's licensed a therapist he often gave um did did the he would give the myers-briggs uh test in um, in work settings, and it's it's very it's very useful. It's a wonderful tool, um, but it it is um, different from what we the way we talk about it. In that Myers Briggs will tell you oh, this is your personality. Mm. There you are. You're an huh. you're an INFP, or you're an ENTJ, or you're an ISFP, or whatever. And you're kind of like, wait, what? You know, am I really? Or but also kind of like, what are those things? So <laughs> we think it's really complicated, you know, and there's the the dark side and the this and whatnot. So it's, it's just kind of easier when we talk about uh, temperament, it just kind of get gets to the heart of the matter quicker when you're just yep. doing these four things. Yeah, yeah in a non-complicated and in a fun way. So if you're quiz and you're at the website and the, and the, and the board game that you just showed us there, and anybody listening can will be able to, Go up later on YouTube to watch this as an audio visual interview. Lorraine, tell us about your background. You have a master's degree in philosophy. You've co-authored six books uh, with your husband, Art, and one solo book, A Year of Grace, 365 Reflections for Caregivers. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've just been talking about the popular temperamentquiz.com and then the board game that people can go out and buy. But just tell us a little bit more how you pursued all these, your, your career and your writing. Well, I, I've always been a writer. So I was like a freelance writer and I just did a lot of things, a lot of communications, writing and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, my husband, okay, so he's the therapist. And at one point in our lives, it's, it kind of happened serendipitously um, that we both kind of rediscovered these temperaments, uh, the classic you know, ancient temperaments. Um, and he realized that it was just like so useful in his practice as a therapist. Mm. You know, he often, he would get, you know, there would be temperament clashes. Let's say it could be between a husband and wife um, or it could be a parent and child. So one example was, you know, a very driven, hard, hard driving um, attorney and his son is very, easygoing, laid back, maybe a musician and doesn't seem to show that kind of driven nature. They came in for counseling. Well, and it was, it turns out it was a temperament clash. So it was, you know, something that they could work through by, um, by like saying, okay, let's, you know, help the dad to, you know, appreciate his son's others, other talents. You know, you can't always just be beating somebody over the head you know, why aren't you getting better grades? What are, where are you applying to school? How come you're not more uh, driven, driven the way I am? That he found it really useful in relationship, issues of relationship. So I, being the writer, so I said, well, let's write a book on it. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so um, and that's, so we just like did a ton of research and wrote, 
wrote the three books and, and then the, came out with the game. See, game, that's not him. He, I'm the part sanguine person. So <laughs> I wanted to do something fun. And, you know, <laughs> so that's. And it is fun. It is. Yeah. It really is fun. I, I'm going to go out and get my that board game. Yeah, definitely going to play it here at home. Where can people buy it? What's all those details? Oh, sure. It's uh, right now. It's uh, just came into the warehouse at Sophia Institute. So it's sophiainstitute.com. And you can go there and I think they have it on sale for $24.99. And uh, yeah, so it's good value. Yeah. And while you're there, you could pick up a copy of our our temperament God gave you the book to go with it. If you if you're more of the thoughtful uh, introverted type that wants to read the book instead of play the game. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. And and the quiz, you can go online to the quiz and take it? Yeah, tempermintquiz.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this could become so popular that it'll be in all the retail stores eventually. Walmart, Target, do you think? Oh, I would like to see it at Barnes & Noble. They have a huge uh, game section, you know. <laughs> I'm starting to think like a marketeer here now for you, but maybe it could be launched at Christmas, Thanksgiving. when And most, it seems to me anyway, that a lot of board games are played around holiday time, um summer picnics family gatherings right all those kind of places we plan to bring it to uh when we go to the beach with our whole family um extended family so we'll have a lot of people to play with it's it's most fun with lot you know a big group so the more people around the more more fun you're going to have with this game okay i'm going to go out and buy my uh, game and do the quiz Lorraine, we've run out of time. Anything we've missed here that you want to share with us? Uh, no, I think that that's that's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I, I really appreciate it. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you, Lorraine Bennett. You are listening to Dig Life Deep with John Aiden Byrne. You can reach the host in the U.S. at 973-529-4699. That's 973-529-4699, 973-529-4699. Email burndesk at gmail.com. That's burndesk, B-Y-R-N-E, desk at gmail.com. Burndesk at gmail.com. Subscribe for free.